So, all right, we're going to open up in prayer. Um, and, uh, and actually, you know what? Before we open up in prayer, go to Matthew 11 for me. This is going to be the substance of my prayer tonight. Um, and I want to read it. It's very simple. It's a few lines, if that. Uh, Matthew 11, Matthew Onse. Actually, have we got Canada in the room? Is Canada online? We've got Canada online. Can they see us or just hear us? Oh my gosh, my word, that's amazing. And then we've got, do you need me higher, Mikey? Hey, Mikey. You need me higher or we're good? You need, he, we, hey guys, we're going higher. Am I right? Am I right? All right. And I, 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 do we have Mexico City maybe? Or what is it? Monterrey. We might have Monterrey up there as well. You hear about that sometime. Um, all right. This is my prayer. This is my prayer. Whoever has ears, let them hear. That's the majority of my prayer tonight. That's what we're going to start with. And then we're going to take it from there. Amen. All right. Father God, I pray that Lord God, we would hear the very thing that it is you want us to hear tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've been moving through the aisles in this, in this evening and throughout this whole retreat. And I pray that tonight, whoever has ears, let them hear. Father God, what it is that you want to communicate beyond my ability to communicate it, your spirit can transfer it. Beyond my ability to get it to them, Father God, your spirit can deliver it. And Father God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that anyone that has ears in this room tonight, Father God, let them hear. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to let you know that... Uh, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, before you sit down, let me say this. Um, don't question why you're in the room. Just understand that you are. Don't question why you're here to hear it. Just know that you are here to hear it. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Amen? All right, you could go. Thank you. You could go. You could sit. Don't go. You can sit down too. Awesome. Let's go. Do I still have to stay up here, Mike? No, no more. We're going, we're going, we're bringing it down to the people. Bring it down to the people. We've got 29 minutes for the Holy Spirit to move. Sorry, Holy Spirit. That's all you got. Okay. I want to um, read a second verse. It is Matthew 9. If you would bring it up for me. All right. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sick. When, the, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Um, I remember at different stages of my life thinking and saying this statement, and I think you might have said it too, and hopefully it triggers the moments that you did, and it's simply this. I remember walking through life at different moments and thinking to myself, that's the life. Like, that's the life. Even at a young age, you, you show up to someone's house, like a friend's house, dad's friend's house, whatever, and they've got a swimming pool. Swimming pools were huge when I was little. Like, you got a swimming pool? If you got a swimming pool and a slippery slide, when you're little, that's like, oh no, that's a life. That's a life. And then I remember like being able to not go to school and stay home sometime thinking, oh, no, that's the life. That is the life. And then I remember my first vacation when my dad didn't just take us to like, just the neighboring state that had no water or anything. Like everyone in Australia, if you're going, to the, if you're going on vacation, it's got to be by the beach. 
It's got to be in the sun. It's got to be in these like amazing locations. Our vacation was like where I was born and it was a farm town. Like, this is not a vacation. We're hanging out at uncle and auntie's house and it's not a vacation. Like it's horrible. And the first time we went to the Gold Coast, I remember sitting there thinking, oh, that's the life. These people that just sit there and they just chill and it's like the beach and everything's just warm. I was like, this, this is the life, right? And then I remember getting a little bit older and now I was like a teenager and I wanted cars. And I remember like I had a friend whose parents would never expect anything from him and they just paid for everything. I know. I was like, that's the life. And then I remember thinking to myself and starting to dream and thinking, man, if I could grow up and have a wife and play soccer and just like be rich like that, that is the life. And my thing is this, that the constant of what the life was changed. But the pursuit of being able to label it as life as it should be, life as I wanted it, life as I needed it, was always evolving, but it was always in me. It's in you. In this room, you can only be upset. You can only be disappointed. You can only be in a bad place if you thought there was a better place. You don't even have to know where better is. You just have to have an inclination that it's somewhere else. No one leaves. Often someone doesn't, someone leaves their significant other not because they know that there's a better. They just believe there might be. People quit jobs because they think there might be a better one. If there wasn't a standard for better in essence, could you be upset about what you have? In fact, sometimes you can buy one of your kids a gift and so till you get the other kid a better gift that they go, oh, what's this? You're like, what do you mean what's this? A second ago, you thought it was the most amazing thing that I'd ever given you until you open up your brother's gift and now you're like, oh, hold up, wait, I got cheated. Like, I don't know how well you know this. In fact, what I feel the Holy Spirit put on my heart is that there are people in this room and they do not even understand what they're in love with. That you don't even know what you're really chasing. You don't know that what holds the primary real estate of your heart. To anybody who is not satisfied, to anybody who wants more, to anybody who keeps drinking from the same wells that don't seem to fill you, I have to say to you that you want a life and you might not know where it is that it is found. We all have, that's the life syndrome. I can't, I'm a Christian. Like, have you seen my Bible? It's color coded. I have the, I have the good Bible with the pages that wisp. They're Holy Spirit pages. If you flick through those, and it's like your, your Bible basically speaks in tongues. That's the real Bible. Everyone knows about it that's been in church. That's the real Bible. But all I want, all I want is that I would get married and have children that love God and serve the Lord. That's the life. Is it? Oh, hold up. Wait, Chris, that is the life, isn't it? That's why we're here though, isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't we here that we wouldn't grow up like we did? Aren't we here that I wouldn't go through what my parents put us through? Wait, isn't that what it's meant to be? Aren't we here that we might stay married for 50 years and then our children like, isn't that what it is? Isn't it here that I might marry a Christian man or a Christian woman? Wait, isn't that what it is? I want to speak about the subject. 
That's the life. 